Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Well, good morning. It's good to be here with you this morning. My name is Jonathan. I'm part of the pastoral team, and I want to welcome those of you here in the West Auditorium as well as the East Auditorium and Lovington, and those of you worshiping with us on, on live stream today. We are so glad that you are all here, and I want to invite you to please turn in your Bible to Matthew chapter 6. Um, if you don't have a Bible with you, there's some available in the pew racks here as well as some in the East Auditorium in Lovington as well. And so please grab one of those. And also, if you don't own a Bible, we would love to make sure that you have one. Uh, so please stop by the Welcome Center following the service today and let them know that you'd like a Bible and you can have one to take home with you today. Also, uh, kind of as a public service announcement, it's gonna be a few minutes before we get to this passage, so please hold your Bible comfortably. We don't want any cramping or any other sort of medical emergencies related to waiting too long, okay? So with that in mind, we are in the middle of a series called Anxious for Nothing, and we are talking about God's perspective on our anxiety and our worry, and those are both pretty big topics, and so uh, we're going to start a little bit lighter today with a game I'd like to call Would You Rather, and here's how this is going to work. I'm going to give you two options, and you have to choose which one you would rather do. Now, in the previous two services, the entire room didn't totally figure this out. Everybody has to play. Choosing neither is not an option. It's called would you rather, not would you not rather anything. So uh, everybody needs to play. Um, and if you're online, if you're on live stream with us today, uh, you can still play by using the chat feature there to share. Some people did that last service and that's really cool as well. And so let's start out with the first question. Would you rather accidentally sleep through your alarm or be 15 minutes late for an important meeting. So would you rather take a risk that you might wake up and you might make the meeting, or would you rather knowingly be 15 minutes late for a meeting? So let's see some hands, everybody participate. Who would rather miss their alarm? Okay, good, all right, a few of you. And now if you didn't raise your hand, you need to raise it on this one. How many of you would rather be 15 minutes late for a meeting? Okay, I see who you are. It's all right, you know, it's a good. All right, next one. Would you rather be stuck in a broken elevator or stuck on a broken ski lift? Some of this has to do with the weather. Wow, <laughs> there's already some groaning. Uh, would you rather, this has to do with weather, it has to do with who you're with, let's be honest, okay? So how many of you would rather be stuck on a broken elevator? Anybody? Okay, good. And then the ski lift. Wow, okay, good, all right. This next one's really hard, by the way. Would you rather leave your home forgetting if you shut the oven off or leave forgetting if you locked the door. So a couple thoughts here. If you happen to do both this morning, hopefully your neighbors will sneak in your house and bake you some cookies because your oven's already ready, all right? Uh, but would you, how many of you would rather leave forgetting your home if you shut the oven off? Okay, a few. And how many of you would rather leave forgetting if you locked the door? Why does everybody feel so safe? That's awesome. I mean, that's great. That's good. It's been that way every service. Okay, good. All right, last one. Would you rather be locked in a room by yourself for an entire week? And if you have young children, I'm guessing that's your answer. 
Or would you rather spend an entire week in a room with 10 people you've never met, okay? Would you rather be alone for seven days or be with 10 people you've never met for seven days? Let's see some hands. How many of you would rather be alone for seven days? <laughs> I, saw, I saw a double hand over here. That's, a, that's passion, people. How about would you rather be with 10 people you've never met before? Okay, if you don't have a friend, find these people, all right? They, they really like meeting strangers, all right? So maybe this is not the easiest way to start, but it does reveal how often we feel anxious and worried about different things in our lives. And if I could be honest with you, this is a topic that I needed to study. It's a sermon that I need to hear as well because worry is something that I worry about, I guess. It's something I think about on a regular basis. In fact, yesterday morning, my wife asked me, how are you feeling about preaching this weekend? And I said, you know, I feel a little nervous. I feel a little worried. And my 12-year-old daughter was like, aren't you talking about worry? And I said, yeah. She goes, well, why don't you remind me of those main points you've already told me? And I said, you're grounded. So <laughs> not really. See, I worry about normal things like finances in the future and uh, what's, what's gonna happen with my health. But I also worry about ridiculous things and hopefully I'm not alone in this because otherwise I'll just be a weirdo to everybody. But one of the things I really struggle with is getting up early. Anybody else struggle with getting up early? Okay, four people, great. Um, the rest of you will not relate to me. So um, I have friends who like to get up really, really early. And I'm not talking like 5.30 or 6. I'm talking like 3.30 every day. And every, okay, thank you, right? Right? It's still nighttime, friends. Uh, but every time, I talk about, every time I talk to these friends, I love them, but I wonder what is wrong with them. And when you can say something like, you know what, I slept in today. I slept all the way to 5.30. You are living in the wrong time zone, okay? That's not how this works. But here's the truth. When I have to get up early, I get really worried about it. In fact, I will check my alarm like 10 times. Like I'll check it, put it down, pick it back up. And I do this because something is wrong with me. And then I go to bed and instead of sleeping well, even though I've checked it 10 times, even though it has never failed me, I still worry that I might not wake up because it might not go off. And so I wake up every half hour throughout the night to check my phone to make sure that my alarm is gonna go off. In fact, about a year ago, I woke up one morning, apparently I dreamt that my alarm went off because I tapped my phone, got up, went to the bathroom, got ready for the day, came out and noticed that my phone said 2.30. And I thought, time to get back in bed with clothes on. And that's exactly what I did. And I feel like right now, most of you are in agreement with me, but if you're judging me, I just want you to know that Jesus said, judge not lest ye be judged, okay? So this made me wonder, if we worry about all these things, you know, what are the things that we worry most about? What are the things we kind of have in common? And so I wanna suggest just a few things I think we each tend to worry about. And one of those is finances. So whether you have very little money or you have enough money that you can build a silo, fill it with gold coins and then go for a swim through the coins, whether you have too little money or too much money, it's easy to worry about those things. Or what about relationships? We each have relationships that concern us. And sometimes it's a lack of a relationship that concerns us. Or what about our future? Students who are here today, how many times have you been asked, so what do you think you're gonna do in five years? What I've noticed about my own life is when somebody asks me that question, it's usually a season in my life where I have no idea what the next five years are going to hold because the future can cause us to worry. Or what about rejection or loss or our health or missing out on things? In fact, missing out on things is such a prevalent issue in our culture, it has its own acronym. You may have heard of it, FOMO, fear of missing out. It's defined as this. FOMO is defined as anxiety that an exciting or interesting event may currently be happening elsewhere. 
It's not something that is happening. We're so worried in our culture that we believe we might be missing on something that might be happening. And social media is really to blame for this. And I'm not saying that social media is always bad, but let's be honest, nothing can stress this out like social, at least for me, nothing can stress me out like social media. In fact, I would say if you're here today and you're like, man, I, I don't feel anxious or worried, spend about five minutes on social media and you can feel like the rest of us, okay? So, so I started to wonder, if, if there are all these things that make us worry and it seems like very few of them actually help, why do we worry? And so I came across this article on psychology today and it said basically we worry because we believe worry is a good thing. And I know that doesn't sound like it makes sense, but I wanna share this quote with you. This is what it says. Each time we worry and nothing bad happens, our mind connects worry with preventing harm. In other words, we believe that by worrying, we are keeping bad things from happening. And the article goes on to say that if we believe if we worry enough, we can avoid ever having a bad surprise in our life. I've certainly been there. I've certainly thought, you know, if I worry about this, maybe, maybe I will know what's coming and I won't be so afraid. But what I've noticed is even people who worry a lot are often surprised by difficult things that happen in their lives. The article also says that we believe that worry will motivate us or help us think clearly about a difficult issue. And again, I've been there as well, whether it's college finals or a job interview or a major project at work or even helping my daughter with her algebra homework. Whatever it is, I believe if I worry enough, it's gonna help me think better about it. The truth is that we know that worry only makes us feel like we're doing something. And so if it's true that we all worry and we are all anxious, it's something we all struggle with and it often misleads us into believing that it's helping us when it's actually hurting us, what do we do about that? Well, that's exactly why we're doing this series, series called Anxious for Nothing. And last weekend, Pastor Brian began this series by talking about Philippians chapter four and the Apostle Paul's comments on anxiety in our lives. And this whole series basically centers around this. And we handed out these cards last weekend um, and we encourage you to take them with you and put them somewhere where you would see them as a reminder of what God thinks about these things and how that impacts our lives. If you didn't get one of these, we do have, still have a few left. Uh, so make sure that you grab some at the Welcome Center on your way out today. But I just wanna read this card to us as a reminder of what we're talking about in this series. The Apostle Paul says this, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And what Paul is saying here is that anxiety and worry are going to be a part of our lives. But if we're following Jesus, it matters what we do with that because God wants to bring peace in our lives. And so today we're gonna look at another passage. It's actually a teaching of Jesus as he's talking about worry. But before we do that, I just wanna say that each of us here in the room, each of us here online or whatever space we're in this morning, we do struggle with anxiety and worry to some degree. But there are some of us here who struggle with those things to a greater degree. And if that's you this morning, I want you to know that God desires to bring peace in your life too. And he may choose to do that through the care of a counselor or a physician or through medication or through some other means but if that's where you are today, we want you to know, as Brian said last week, I wanna reiterate, our staff, our pastors, we would love to talk with you, to listen to you, to care for you, and then to also offer some gestures of who, who else you might talk with to help you with those things. And so with that in mind, let's go ahead and uncramp our fingers and dive into Matthew chapter six. And as we do that, I wanna remind you that Matthew is one of four ancient biographies in our Bible that describes the life and the words and the actions of Jesus Christ. The chapters five through seven are, are a sermon that Jesus gives. It's kind of like a mega teaching on a variety of topics. It's called, commonly called the Sermon on the Mount. 
It's Jesus' kingdom manifesto, and it basically means this is what I want you to do as my followers to live in my kingdom here on this earth. And it's not a sermon like we think. It's not one idea for 30 minutes. Jesus jumps from idea to idea to idea to idea. And so today we're gonna begin in verse 25, but before we get to that, right before that passage, Jesus is talking about money, or he's talking about our possessions or the things that belong to us. And this is what Jesus says. He says, no one can serve two masters. You cannot serve both God and money. Jesus is saying, if you're living in my kingdom, you need to think about your finances in a different way. You need to think about your possessions in a different way. And how you think about my kingdom is going to impact the way that you worry. And we know that because the very first word Jesus says in verse 25 is therefore. These two ideas are related. And so let's pick up in verse 25 in Matthew chapter six. This is what it says. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? And I think if we take this passage in isolation, Jesus is basically saying like, hey, it's cool. Don't worry, everything's fine. And that reminds me of a song from the 80s. And I realize not everybody was born in the 80s. I don't wanna talk about that. But if you happen to know the song, it's by a guy named Bobby McFerrin. It's called Don't Worry, Be Happy. And let's just sing one line together. So wherever you are, let's sing this together, okay? Here's a little song I wrote. You might want to sing it note for note. Don't worry. Two people know it. All right, let's see. Be happy. Okay, awesome. So don't, be, don't worry, be happy. Great advice, right? So if you've lived that way, how's that going for you? Why are you laughing? I'm just kidding. My suspicion is that it's not going that well because while it's a good song, it's not great advice. Unless, unless the person giving the advice knows something that the person receiving the advice doesn't know. Let me show you what I mean. Movie makers like to keep our attention when we go to movies by creating tension points throughout their story that keep us engaged, that keep us wondering what's gonna happen. And then at the end of the movie, they all wrap it up all nice and we feel so much better about the story, right? Now, how many of you have ever had somebody ruin the end of a movie for you? Okay, a few of you. And you're not friends with that person anymore, right? Okay, good. All right, how many of you don't, never mind, I'm not gonna ask how many have actually done that to somebody else. But here's what I've noticed is when I know the end to a movie, all the tension points along the movie don't really bother me anymore because I know what's going to happen. And I wonder as I think about this passage if it's past possible that we need to believe Jesus when he says not to worry because he knows something that we don't know. Because he knows who we are. He knows what we need and he cares for us. And honestly, let's just be real, that is hard. And I know that it's hard because as a pastor here on staff, as a staff member, I regularly talk to people who tell me about the difficulty and the pain in their lives. And I know that in each of our rooms this morning and online, we, there are people in these environments who are struggling with really difficult things that cause us to worry. But as I thought about this passage, I was reminded that the God of the universe, the God who created this universe is the same God who made each of us. He's the same God who, who knows our future and he loves us and he says, do not worry, I love you and I know what you need. And so with that in mind, I wanna start over, go back to verse 25 and we're gonna read through the first section here. So let's start in verse 25. Jesus says, therefore I, do not, or therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? 
Look at the birds of the air. They do not reap or sow or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? So Jesus is, says, he, he says, look at the birds. And we have to remember that Jesus is giving this sermon on the side of a hill and he's surrounded by people and they're listening to him and he points at something they can see. He says, look at this bird, look at these birds, look at how God takes care of them. And so I thought, man, that's a really powerful image and I wanna make sure we have the opportunity to experience this. So I have a friend named Steve who keeps birds and I've asked him to just release a few here in the West Auditorium today so we can experience this together. So Steve, would you please go? I'm just kidding, we're not gonna do that. Okay. <laughs> No, Jesus says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet, and these words, and yet, are so powerful. Jesus says, look at these birds. They don't plant and they don't harvest and they don't store food. And by the way, are you not much more valuable than they are? And yet, God takes care of them. You see, as the birds gather on the electric wires every day to survey their kingdom, they don't worry about what they're going to eat because they know that God is gonna take care of them. And by the way, I think this is working pretty well because there's no shortage of birds in Decatur. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, some of you agree. I think I heard an amen even so. In verse 27, Jesus goes on to say this. Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? It's a rhetorical question. It's a simple question. And we know the answer. The answer is no, we cannot add an hour to our life, but we could certainly take them away. And so in verse 28, Jesus goes on. He says, Jesus says, God takes care of the birds. And then he says this. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon, Solomon was one of the greatest kings of Israel. He had incredible wealth, incredible wisdom, incredible power. I'm sure he was a really sharp dresser. And it says this, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. And if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. And so this time, Jesus, instead of looking up at the birds, he looks down at the flowers and he says, look at these flowers. They do not labor or spin. They don't labor, they don't grow tired or weary or, or they, they don't get exhausted and they don't spin. They don't spin in circles or maybe what he's saying here because he's talking about clothes is they don't use the spinning wheel to make their clothes. I have yet to see a flower do that. I don't know if you have. But I like these words. And so I thought, well, maybe something else is going on here. So that word spin is kind of interesting. And so I looked it up in the original language, really hoping that there'd be something awesome to share with you. And there wasn't because it just means the word spin. And so what is going on here? Well, I think what's going on here is that Jesus is saying, when we worry, we labor and we spin. When we worry, we spend all this energy exhausting ourselves, being tired, growing weary. And we spend, we, we spend emotional energy and we spend cognitive energy and we, we spend and spend and spend on the same thoughts and we find out that we've not really gone anywhere. Because worry creates a lot of motion, but it doesn't create very much movement in our lives. So Jesus says, look up at the birds, look down at the flowers, look at how God takes care of them. And he says, look at these people around you. They spend their life spinning and spinning and spinning only to find themselves exactly where they started. Jesus says, you don't need to do that. Don't be like them. And the reason you don't have to do that is because your heavenly father knows what you need. Well, that's awesome, right? God, God knows what we need, so we don't have to worry. And that is true, but it isn't necessarily the way things work. And I wonder why that is. 
See, the problem is that we know that God's got it and at times we still find a way to worry about whatever it is. And I think the reason for that is because worry sneaks up on us. I don't know about you, but I've never gone to my phone and scheduled like 11 o'clock tomorrow, I'm gonna worry. I've never come home from work or school after a long day and sat down on my couch and thought, okay, finally, I get to worry about stuff. No, it's, it's an idea that pops in my head and that idea grows. And then all of a sudden I've considered every possible horrible outcome that could come. See, I've had a lot of motion in my life, but no actual movement. And so if that's true, then what do we do? Well, only if Jesus had something to say about that. Oh wait, he does. Verse 33 says this. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Jesus doesn't say seek your own kingdom and your own worry and your own concern. He says seek my kingdom and my righteousness. Seek God's kingdom and his righteousness. And if you do that, then I'm gonna take care of the things that you need. And so how do we do that? I think number one, we do that by starting with God instead of starting with our concern. See, another problem with worry is that we start with the problem instead of starting with the God of the universe who made us, who loves us, and who is aware of our need. We seek our own kingdom instead of seeking his kingdom. And so something interesting happened to me as I began talking to people about this sermon. Almost inevitably, every time I would mention something, somebody would say something like, oh, cool, have you heard this song? And so after a while, I had this massive list of songs and I thought, man, I'd love to share one of these with you. And I wonder why are there so many songs about this topic? And the reality is that worry and anxiety are such a common experience for all of us that artists write about their own experience and we connect with it because we know how they feel. And so I chose a song that I wanna share with you today and primarily because it comes out of this passage. It's written based on the words of this passage. It's a, it's a song called Everything by Lauren Daigle. And I wanna just take a minute together to listen to this together. So let's, let's take a listen. Even the sparrow has a place to lay its head. So why would I let worries So you can see how the, the lyrics come straight from what Jesus has said here, but Lauren goes on to say this. She says, even the oceans push and pull at your command so you can still my heart with your hand. She says, you tell the seasons when it's time for them to turn. So I will trust you even when it hurts. And her words are powerful here because she says, no matter how bad it hurts, no matter how it feels, we need to put our trust in his kingdom first. We need to wake up daily and go before God and place our day in his hands and seek his kingdom and his righteousness. And we could do that today, right? But what about the things in our lives that we face every day, the worries that are just repeat, 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 or the things that we see coming down the road? Well, Jesus had something to say about that too. The very last verse in this section, verse 34 says this, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself each day has enough trouble of its own. 
Again, this is easier said than done, but what Jesus is saying here, he is saying that today's grace, the grace I'm giving you today to cover the worry in your life so that you, as you seek my kingdom first, you don't need to worry about those things. That grace is only sufficient for today. It should not be wasted on tomorrow because the worries of tomorrow may never come. And if they do, there will be grace enough tomorrow to meet them. So I have a friend in my life who I talk with on a weekly basis. And every time I talk to him, I feel like something new and tragic has happened around him. He, he's lost several family members in the last few months. He's, he's seen a bunch of family members struggle with disease and had some issues within his own family. And every time I talk to him, I just think, man, how, how are you enduring this? And I should know the answer, but it still surprises me when he says, you know what, Jonathan, I, I just need to focus on God's grace for today. I can't worry about tomorrow. There's too much to worry about. I just need to take God's grace for today. And that's what I'm trying to do. And as I think about my own life, I often wonder how often we allow, me and you, we allow the worry of tomorrow to keep us from leaning into God's grace today. We allow the things around us to distract us from God saying, hey, this is what I've given you for today. And so Jesus says the solution to worry is to put God's kingdom and his righteousness first in everything that we do today and then to do the same thing tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that and the day after that. But what does that look like? Uh, so when I was a kid, I was involved in Cub Scouts and it was a really great experience. My, my family was involved, my parents were involved, my friends were involved, I had a great time. And then uh, as I got older, I transitioned to Boy Scouts and uh, that was a really good experience until one day we went on what is called an orienteering experience. Try saying that word five times fast. Orienteering is basically teaching kids how to navigate the woods with a map and a compass. And so what they do is they set out this course and then they set out 100 meters and they have you walk 100 meters at your normal pace and count how many steps that takes. And then you take that number and they give you a bunch of coordinates and, and directions and then distances. And then they teach you how to read the markers you're gonna come across. And so you go through this course from one marker to the next, to the next, to the next. And a lot of groups succeed in that. Uh, but the particular group I was a part of was more interested in goofing off, being distracted. And we ultimately ended up completely lost in the woods. Not one of the finest experiences of my life. But as I thought about this idea of seeking God's kingdom first, that, that idea came to mind, the idea of orienteering, or more specifically, the idea of a compass. Because see, a, a compass shows us two things. No matter where you are, a compass can show you which direction is north and which direction you are heading. And I think that the same thing is true when it comes to seeking God's kingdom first. Because you see, we know which way is north. We have his word to show us what it means to live in his kingdom. We have his word to show us what is most important. But we also have other people in our lives. We have other people who help point us toward those things. And so we know which direction is north. We also know, if we're honest with ourselves, which direction we are facing. We know what has the attention of our heart and of our mind. We know what worries have captivated us, whether it's relationships or finances or health or the way people think about us or, or the, the way that people evaluate what we do. Whatever it is, we have those things that capture our hearts and our minds. And so we have a choice each day. We have a choice to point our lives and our energy and our time toward these things that distract us, towards these things that cause us to worry, or we can point our lives toward his kingdom and trust that as we do that, he's gonna provide for what we need. And so if that's true, how do we do that? Well, I don't think there's any uh, rocket surgery gonna be taking place here to figure that out, rocket surgery. I know I messed that up, it was supposed to be a joke, but nobody laughs, so we're gonna move on. Um, 
So how do we do that? How do we seek first? But nothing is gonna surprise you that I'm about to say because I think we know the truth. It's honestly about a choice that we have to make. But a few things I wanna suggest to you today, things that you can walk away and do this week that I think will help you seek his kingdom first so that, not that we forget about the worry, but that we trust that God is gonna take care of those things. And the first is this, the, the anxious for nothing card. Again, we have a few of these available following the service if you wanna go to the Welcome Center. But I encourage you to take this and place it somewhere. We received a picture this week of somebody who put it on their, their computer. I think that's a great place to put it, or maybe in your car. But what if you took the next step and you took the time to actually memorize these words? So that no matter where you are, no matter what's going on around you, these words are in your heart and your mind. And honestly, I think we know the answer, but one of the most important things we can do is seek first God's word because this contains the pathway. This is what shows us where his kingdom is and what we need to care about and how we should think about things in our lives. And so whether you've never studied this or you study it every day, this week I would encourage you to take the next step. Take time to dig into this. Take time to study it, whether it's on your own or with others or using the, the apps that we have available to us through Uversion and Right Now Media. Another thing is, and this happened again yesterday, I told somebody was what I was teaching on yesterday, they said, oh, have you heard this song? And I would encourage you to, to look at your library, look at um, Spotify or whatever's out there and figure out what song can be a reminder to you that in the midst of your worry, in the midst of your concern, that God knows and he cares for that and because of that, we can trust him and focus our lives on him. And then the last thing is this, I, I would encourage you to get connected in community. One of the ways that we do that here is through small groups. We also have Sunday school classes, but find people that you can journey with because we all need people who can help be that compass in our life who can help point us back toward the things of God. If you'd like to be a part of that, please come talk to me following the service or you can go on anytime at firstdecatur.org slash small groups and sign up for one of those. But again, these are only tools. These are only instruments that God has given us to help us point toward those things. It ultimately comes down to a choice that we each make. Will we point our lives at our worry? Will we walk around focused on those things in our lives or will we aim our lives at, God, at, the, at what God has called us to do? at his kingdom and his righteousness and trust that as we do that, these things aren't gonna disappear, but he's gonna give us what we need along the way. So with that in mind, would you please pray with me this morning? Father God, we thank you that you love us, Lord. We thank you that you are aware, Lord, we are gonna have anxiety and worry in our lives. That is not a surprise to you. But Lord, as a I'm reminded this morning, Lord, your word in multiple places tells us not to give in to those things, God. Not allow those to distract us from what's most important. And as you don't tell us, God, to just deal with it, Lord, you provide a way. And God, I pray that as we take your word seriously, as we go after these things in our lives, God, that you would give us the wisdom and discernment to see what we need, Lord. And maybe that is reaching out to a friend. Maybe that is reaching out to a counselor. Or whatever the next step is for us, God, you know. And Lord, we thank you that, as Jesus has said, Lord, when we put your kingdom and your righteousness first, God, you are gonna give us what we need. You won't leave us alone. You won't leave us there to suffer, God. No matter what happens, you are with us. And so, Lord, we praise you and we thank you for that, Lord, and we give you all the honor and glory for that. Lord, I pray for anyone here today who, who just needs that nudge to take that next step, God, that this week would be the week they would take that step. God, whether it's just to be in relationship with you, Lord, or it's to dig deeper into your word, or it's to take your word more seriously, or to, to be vulnerable with other people, God, whatever that is, would help them to take that step today. So Lord, we praise you and thank you for these things in Jesus' name.
So as we think about God's kingdom and his righteousness, we know that all of that is available to us because of what Jesus has done for us. And it's fascinating to me, as I mentioned earlier, Jesus, as he was giving this talk, he, he knew what was gonna happen in people's lives. And he still said, don't worry, I'm, I'm with you. Think about these things and I'm gonna take care of you. But Jesus also knew his future. He knew that a few years down the road, he was going to give up his life on a Roman cross for us. And that as he did that, that God was gonna place on him all of our sin, all of the sin of all humanity throughout all of time. And that if we put our hope and our trust in him, then we can find grace and forgiveness and peace in our lives with God. And so each week as a church, we remember that. We remember it the way that Jesus taught us to remember that. And we're gonna do that now in each of our environments. And as we do that, you don't need to be a member of First Christian Church. If you're following Jesus and he's the Lord of your life, we would love for you to be a part of this with us. But each week we remember that that Jesus' body was broken. We take the bread and remember his body is broken. We take the cup and we remember that his blood was shed for us. So just a moment, we're gonna do that together. And as we do that, I encourage you to think about the sin in your life and the cost of that sin, but also think about the incredible love that God has for us, that despite that sin, he came for us and he took our place so that we could be made right with God. And as a result of that, we can trust him and we can believe him and we can lean into him for the things that he's called us to. So again, let's pray together as we prepare to receive this. God, in each room right now, in each space that we're in, Lord, we are reminded, Lord, this is something that you've called us to do together. Lord, we thank you that Jesus came and lived obedient to you, Lord. He lived a perfect life and that he gave up his life on our behalf. Lord, thank you for this reminder you've given us because really this is what it comes down to is because of your love, God, you came for us and you took our sin on yourself so that we could be made right with you. Lord, we praise you for that. That's amazing. Lord, we give you all the honor and glory and we pray all of this in the name of Jesus.